Hello, everyone, and welcome to AC23, your weekly dose of arts and culture from the Capital Region. My name is Chancellor Zero Skidmore. My producer is Jeremy Porcine. You can check out previous episodes of the show on the website of the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge, or you can stream them on Apple Podcasts, where you can also subscribe, give us five stars, validate me as a human being, you know, important stuff. It seems as though the winter months are finally behind us. Things are starting to warm up. Folks are getting vaccinated. I actually attended a socially distanced live music performance outdoors a couple of weeks ago. And there is more live music to come. But many, many musicians, actors, dancers, et cetera, are still out of work and also struggling to deal with the with life (laughs) sans their favorite coping mechanism performing. I had planned on dedicating an episode to help artists cope with the strains of the pe- of the pandemic. I had a great guest in mind, an amazing counselor slash therapist named Cappy Landrenu to discuss this. But before I could book her, somebody else at the Arts Council snapped her up for our artist talks. I'm still going to get her on the show, but you can check her out virtually on March 19th uh, at noon via the Arts Council's Zoom account. It should be uh, extremely helpful for anyone looking for better ways to cope these days. Uh, You can register at artsbr.org for that artist talk with Cappy Landrenu on March 19th. We have a couple of other things on the Arts Council calendar. Um, The Baton Rouge Arts Market is going to be March 6th, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the corner of 5th and Main downtown. Also, as part of our Jazz Listening Room series, We have the Michael Foster Quartet on March 26th. That's going to be at 7.30 p.m. on the patio at Quorum Hall. It's going to be outdoors, socially distanced. Should be really nice. So that's our Arts Market, March 6th. We have Capilandrino, March 19th. We have the Mike Foster Project, Mike Foster Quartet, I'm sorry, on March 26th. And uh, you can get more information on all of those events at artsbr.org. And while you're there, check out the brand new information on the Ebb and Flow Festival grants. These grants are for arts nonprofits and also for individual artists. The grant application just recently went live. Go check it out, artsbr.org. All right, y'all. My guest this week is a full-time video producer, director, script writer, as well as a freelance journalist for a variety of publications. He maintains long-running columns with about makers and artists for Louisiana Life and In Register. And he's here to talk about his new album of pandemic-inspired and social justice-themed poetry and music entitled Distance. Jeff Rodell, welcome to AC23. Hey, Zero. Thanks for having me. Man, it's it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, we've known each other for a minute. It's, it's great to, to get you on the show, and we can sit and, and talk on the clock for Th- me. This is so fun. <laughs> this is so fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, indeed. So... You already have a long list of talents here, uh, and now you're writing poetry. Is is there anything you are afraid to try or, or, or can't do? I yeah, I mean, I used to be incredibly fearful of public speaking, and I just um, one day and many years ago, I just decided I've got to I've got to give it a shot. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, and so I kind of overcame that fear. This is probably another one poetry because I never really showed anyone any of it. You know, I would write things over the years completely unrelated to magazine articles or video projects or anything that I'm doing for a day job. And, um, 
they would just live on my phone or in a notebook or something like that. Um, when did you start? I, just for as long as I can remember, I guess, probably back in high school even, I would just write things. And, and a, few, a few things here and there would kind of trickle out into like musician friends, uh, mm. song lyrics, you know, it helped them kind of write some songs or something like that. Just a few things here and there. But for the most part, any kind of uh, poetry that I wrote was pretty much just for me. And um, for whatever reason, well, probably for many reasons that these pandemic poems kind of came out in a in a just kind of a rush. They, they all sort of came to me pretty, pretty quickly. And I try not to edit myself, which is what I do for a living also. So um, I really just tried to kind of get write them down and, and get 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 them out uh, in an interesting way. So I had been uh, geared up to do it, make a short film and then the pandemic hit. Um, and so that put that on hold, but I'd kind of, I'm a natural introvert and I'd kind of geared up all this creative energy to go and put into this film project. And then I had suddenly had nothing to do with it, mm. uh, to do with that energy. Um, and at the same time I was helping a friend of mine produce some music. So I had kind of sounds and recording and I'd been in some studios and I had musicians on the brain, uh, kind of at the exact point where in all these poems and the pandemic was happening and a lot of social justice things were happening. And I just felt like I, I could express myself and I maybe had something to say in that moment. So it came out not as just writing, but as uh, recorded recitations of these poems matched with uh, collaborations with musicians to kind of create soundscapes and electronic explorations that hopefully support support the words in interesting ways. I think they do. Oh, I think they do. It's 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 a it's a great project. Uh, you got some talented musicians on there. Absolutely. And um, the 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 poems. There's um, definitely uh, some great imagery there, of course. But I would I would say also I love the repetition uh, because it's musical, right? It it really serves as a, a sense of musicality. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. Almost like chants to the beat, right? There are, there is some of that. Absolutely, yeah. And some of the some of the music pieces were. Um, created very independently of what I had done in a sense that like I just sent a recording or even just the written words to the musician and kind of see yeah. what they come up with. Other ones were based on a lot of conversations and some ideas that I had and then they kind of uh, met in the middle on things. So the the types of collaborations we came up with I thought were interesting. But yeah, I think each one gives it a personality because I'm not, you know, these are, these are, this is me reciting written poetry. It's not, um, you know, as you would recognize as, as a, um, a spoken word, like a traditional slam poetry or up on a stage spoken word performance, you know, it is very much, uh, subdued compared to, to, the, to something more impassioned and performative, um, which suits my personality, but I also felt like the music could support the emotional weight that maybe a, a skilled stage performer, a spoken word slam poet would bring to a live a live setting. So that that's to me is one of the reasons why collaborating with the musicians was important. Well, I think you're being very humble here, but I I, I have to say, like you're definitely emoting uh, through this poetry, and um, you know, um, uh, there's spoken word over the years has expanded. So you have great performers who, you know, are are very subdued, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would tell anybody like this is I, I, as a spoken word artist, we're claiming you as as a spoken word artist on this. Yeah, um, that means a lot. Yes, indeed. You, you've earned it. I mean, it's it's a great project. How is it working with these 
musicians uh, in the midst of this pandemic where you couldn't always be in the same room? Things, things definitely, you know, I can be kind of creatively restless and impatient. I think like a lot of creative people, you have an idea and you want to see it realized immediately. And I think the pandemic just kind of put the brakes on a lot of things. You know, at the same time, the musicians were incredibly, uh, you know, patient with me and um, just, just super, um, just super, I don't know, I guess just empathetic and listening and, and, and really, um, really let their talent kind of stretch out in ways that they don't normally, you know, this for them too is like a, this is outside of their day jobs, right? right? They don't typically have a writer come to them and say, here's a poem. Can you create a soundscape for it? It's almost like, uh, it's, 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 it's a little bit more, it's less like, you know, rock or electronic pop music and it's, or jazz. There's some jazz elements on this record, but, um, and it's more like a film soundtrack, mm-hmm. you know, where they're, instead of watching, you know, somebody soundtracks a, a film or scores something, they're watching images, images up on the screen, you know, and these guys didn't have those images on the screen, but they had images, uh, in the words. And so they're kind of setting the scene, um, so I think they all enjoyed it for that aspect too. Um, but yeah, some of it was in the studio. Some of it was people recording in their home studios, home setups. A lot of musicians, uh, have some good rigs, you know, at their homes. I recorded some stuff at my home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's really recorded all over the place. So a lot, a lot of different houses and studios in Baton Rouge, <laughs> New Orleans, uh, even one in, up in Virginia. Um, yeah, you had some guests, uh, some, some guests on there. Um, yeah, um, um, Brandon. Yes, yeah, Brandon Lewis. <laughs> yes, yes, so, yeah. He he was great, very gracious to you know. That was a recording that uh, I'm a, a journalist and and work for several magazines, and so I was interviewing him for something, and our conversation. And we're sitting there in his house, surrounded by his amazing folk art paintings, just beautiful stuff. I mean, there's literally, I can't move my elbow and I'm just, <laughs> or else I'm going to hit just a beautiful piece of art that he's made. So we're sitting there with masks and having a discussion that kind of meandered uh, into a lot of different directions. Even after I said, okay, that's, you know, that's the end, end of the interview. We just kept talking. And so I used a slice of that conversation as kind of a, a coda on one of the pieces on this album called Summer Sons. And he, he seemed uh, appreciative to be included. He, he just had some wisdom and uh, that I, I wanted to include. I wanted to include other voices besides my own. You know, that's part of the et alia and others uh, aspect mm-hmm. to this. Um, I just I just enjoy collaboration, and I, I knew it w- would be better if he was on there, if Monique was on there, and if yeah, I could yeah, get yeah. as many talented musicians on board as I could. And Monique, uh, she wrote uh, a verse to one of the poems, a yeah. stanza, I guess? Yes, she yeah. wrote the middle section for a piece called The Last Strawberry. Mm-hmm. And I, I had the bookends, and I knew... I wanted another perspective in the middle. So I just sent her the, I didn't even send her my recording. I just sent her the written words. And a week or two later, she had a a beautiful piece recorded. So we, we stuck that in the middle and then we kind of have the, the piano and accordion and some other sounds kind of flowing that connect our, our two pieces together. And that, that might be one of my favorite pieces on the, on the record because it worked you know, it was one of those ideas. I don't know if it's going to work. I mean, she's super talented, so I know her part was going to be was going to be great. But I just didn't know if it was going to piece together well. Or there was no template for me to go like, okay, let me see how so and so did this. Right. We were just trying things. So that's beautiful. <laughs> well, um, we uh, are going to play a little snippet for the audience. Um, 
Y'all, this is uh, The Black Eye by Jeff Rodell. This town has a black eye, and we're not even a mile wide. Sit next to me, let's dream a while. But half of us can't see the sky. The other half don't wonder why. This town blinks with black, black eyes. This dream sinks with black, black eyes. This dream of mine, this dream of lies. It'll be alright, just settle down, sonny. Take this milk, taste this honey. Well, you can sell that soul for plenty of money. So, Jeff. Yeah. This piece, we talked about it earlier. It's, uh, I, I, I mentioned that it, I thought that the black eye was a great metaphor for uh, uh, some aspects of Baton Rouge. Um, yeah, talk yeah. about that piece a little bit. Okay. So for me, yeah, the black eye really started as thinking about a, a visual for what is just something that is blatantly obvious and it would be you know, ridiculous and something to be corrected if you're, you're walking, you know, if you're walking, if you have a black eye and you're walking around acting like you don't have this massive wound on your face, how does that affect you? How does that affect those around you? And how ridiculous is it in a way? So I thought that was a pretty, a pretty good image to just start, start writing around, um, for some of the racial issues that we have. You know, I'm speaking of of Baton Rouge here, just from my experience. But I, I pretty, I feel pretty safe saying that it's 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 all places, <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah. So it's 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 a kind of a piece about the elephant in the room, and you know, acknowledging problems, um, you know, and then then working to to uh, to improve them. You know, James Baldwin is a is a huge influence, I think, on this project. And so, yeah. as I'm talking about this now, you know, his his famous quote of you know, you have to face, you have to face your issues. You know, not, not all, not every problem can be solved, but, uh, but it has to be faced, you know, for it to have a chance is essentially, I'm, I'm butchering it, but that's essentially what he says. Well, yeah. And, uh, and so I guess this, this piece, the black eye gets at that a little the bit. Face. Yes. <laughs> yes. The face. In the face. That's right. And, and Chris, uh, Norsworthy, I'll mention him. He's a, a brilliant illustrator and digital animator. And he, he created the, uh, the music video, for this, which I, I think just drives home the point even even more. But hopefully yes. it's a discussion point as well. You know, I think for me, I, I just hope this album gives people a lot to think about and maybe emboldens them to have uh, harder conversations than they're accustomed to having. Yeah, And uh, then hopefully those conversations turn into action, uh, which is kind of a, a, another illusion in the uh, the lyrics for The Black Eye. Um so yeah, awesome. Could you talk a little bit about the title? Of course, when I when I saw the title "Distance," I I, I initially thought of social distancing, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's just my simple mind connecting it to the first thing that popped into my head. Is is there a deeper meaning to that? I, I think I think there is, but I do I did first think of it because that was a word we just got that was thrown into our faces, you know, drilled into our heads all last year, and and still is. You know, we just saw that a lot, we heard it a lot. And so I think I just started, I started thinking about that word a lot and I was grappling for a title for this project. I was really attracted to the idea of having a one word title. Yeah. And because that means all the superfluous words are just gone. Um, So I wanted it to be one word and then I felt like the word distance did have a depth to it. um, That there are a lot of distances that need to be, face that need to 
need to be crossed um, in society, in communities, face to face, even within ourselves. And, um, you know, I don't know that this album hits on all of those, but I think I liked the idea that um, that distance was broached as a subject, that there are a lot of distances between people, between people groups, um, between emotions, between the haves and the have-nots, uh, between needs and the means to to meet those needs. And distance, um, you know, I, I've been in places where I was very distant from my own emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think writing a lot of this and, and especially sharing it uh, that has helped kind of bridge that distance for me in a very personal way. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's a great question. I, I think, I think there are many levels, uh, to the word distance, which to me made it, made, made it the perfect title for this project. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Um, having someone like you on the show, um, I, I, I think of someone like, uh, Clay Archie, um, yeah. Uh, who really just uh, you know you you're great at so many things. You have so many talents. For for our young artists out there who might be listening, um, what what is your philosophy? How do you how do you see creativity? How do you how do you I guess approach being a creative in the world? Uh, is it is it something you have to put much effort into, or do does a lot of that come naturally for you? Um, you know I think. I guess what I'll say about creativity is, is it for me, it's not something that you turn on and off. It's not something that you, I I can't sit down and say, I'm going to write an article today. I'm going to write a poem today. And if I do do that, it's not going to be what it should be. It's not going to be what it can be. And so I think creativity is not necessarily, I think thinking about creativity in the sense that it's not something that has to start with you but opening yourself up to allowing creativity to flow through you mm-hmm. is, is, is kind of where you need to be. And I think that'll allow you to not only be inspired by things that might surprise you. Yeah. Um, but also I think it'll, it'll make sure that you're what you do make is more you than it would be if you were trying harder um, because I, I find that when I try hard, I'm, I'm really trying to kind of be someone else or cr- do my version of what somebody else has done. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm just open to inspiration for anything to inspire me to do something, then I'm not in, I'm not put in that box. You know, I never would have thought even two years ago that I would put out a poetry album. Yeah, but I had these ideas that. To me, anyway, this is really the best. This is what it should have been. Yeah. And so, and it's bigger. And to me, it's it's more interesting and better than it would have been if I had sat back, you know, before the pandemic and said, you know, what I really need to do, I need to make a spoken word album mm-hmm. with a bunch of a bunch of interesting music on it, <laughs> and that's what, that needs to be my next creative thing. <laughs> I mean. I'm sure some people can work that way and kind of chart it out. But for me, it it was more an intuitive kind of step. And um, that's not something that I necessarily could have done several years ago. Mm-hmm. I do. I would say to young creatives, be bold. Um, you know, even those that you look up to as mentors or icons, like don't try to clone that, you know, be a clone of them. 
Um, really try to think about what's important to you and what you want to say, um, because people want to listen to people want to listen to things that are important to other people. You know, that's what connects with people. That's that is what bridges distances and mm. and um, you know, a lot of things other than that are kind of artifice. You know, but I think if you kind of hit it something that's that's important to you and you share it, um, then that's art. Yeah, yeah. The passion's there. Yeah. Well, awesome. And so uh, let everybody know where they can get this this album. Yeah, sure. Uh, Rodell at alia.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can stream it there a few times. You can uh, you can pay for a download. You can also order a CD. Um, and, uh, so at Rodell at alia.bandcamp.com. I also wanted to mention LMNOP, uh, Art Curators. Uh, they've coordinated with Sierra English. Uh, we've partnered with her. Uh, Sierra is a talented painter, and she's been inspired to do a painting based on each of the 14 tracks on the album. Mm. And LMNOP uh, has a, a, a digital gallery. You can actually like zoom through the gallery and listen to each track as you're looking at Sierra's uh painting so that's an interesting way to experience the album as well that's lmnop.com backslash distance awesome and rodel et alia is r-o-e-d-e-l-e-t-a-l-i-a at Bandcamp, y'all that's right yes indeed so what's next jeff <laughs> well, <laughs> what is next? You're gonna build a plane? Or... <laughs> I do. I, I don't know if I'm gonna get back to that short film that that was put on hold. I, I really don't. I was having a conversation with a friend about it the other day, and um, doesn't really feel like the right time to kind of jump back into that. There were some other uh, poetry pieces and pieces of music, like from these sessions, that mm-hmm. uh, didn't make this album, and those will probably come out at some point. Um, but right now, yeah, I just want to kind of spread the word about this. And, you know, I'm yeah. doing, doing my day job in video production and writing about creatives, which I love to do, and just uh, keeping on with that. Awesome, awesome. And you got a beautiful website, by the way. Thank you. Thank uh, you. So uh, anybody who's uh, more uh, interested in more information about Jeff Rodell, you can go to uh, his website at uh, jeffrodell.com. Jeffrey Rodell. Jeffrey Rodell very, is very is formal. The very formal name. Uh, Jeff, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you, Zero. This was great. Yes, indeed. Overdue chat. We got to chat more often, definitely. Uh, well, everybody, thank you for tuning in. This is Chancellor Zero Skidmore of AC23. And yes, y'all, I will see y'all at a show. Peace. <laughs>